Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. does it go it goes well it goes well how does it go with you you are not uh, with children anymore i'm no longer with children you're not yeah, with no, child pregnant not that you were ever i'm with no child. longer with with childs uh <laughs> in proximity to childs only mm-hmm. adults here mm-hmm. uh yes i'm back in brooklyn uh feels great uh, uh i hear it's gonna snow tomorrow so huzzah to all Again? that business oh that's what I heard. I'm so exhausted by this. Yeah, you know, that's how winter is here. It makes you feel like it'll never end, and then when it does, oh, so glorious. I'm just fed up of digging myself out. Well, that's because you live in a beautiful house. I was trying to think of a song there, but it, it escapes me. And the days go by. Talking heads? Maybe. I was thinking more This Beauty is not and my Beast. beautiful house. Oh, Beauty and the Beast. Which Beauty and the Beast song? In a house in a quiet village. That one. Oh, there must be more than this provincial, provincial life. life. Great. This is a Star Trek podcast and not a Disney podcast. This is podcast. a Star Trek podcast. Welcome to Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Today's star date is star date 1412311.2. And we will be discussing Discovery, season four, episode 12, entitled... Species 10C. This is, I believe, the penultimate episode of the season. And uh, I wish uh, this was one where when it ended, I was like, just want to see the next one. Um, But, you know, here we are. We've got a last little cliffhanger before the season is over. Uh, very exciting, wonderful season is built to a great grand climax. Uh, it's hard to believe it begun all those months ago. Uh, but before we get into the episode, we have our little preamble, get some business out of the way, and tell you all about our Patreon. Stevie? Yes. Well, we have one, so uh, please join us. Um, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that's that's it. That's the preamble. Uh, it's patreon.com forward slash setphasers. You can join us for early access to all the episodes. You can join us for net. Well, possibly Netflix, but certainly watch parties of some description. Um, we'll mm-hmm. also have Zoom hangouts after our watch parties where we'll kind of talk about Trek and the episode. And probably um, we'll, we'll all test out Aki's glasses. And Got a you, new pair you, for the I next see. one. I see. They, you have new glasses now. Are these old? Truly ridiculous. These are, these are my conventional glasses. Mm-hmm. These are my normalist glasses. Just normal black frames. But I have a pair. Yeah. Ooh, just came in the mail. We'll join our Patreon. I don't know if I can wear them. You can vote on which pair of glasses Aki should get next. That's patreon.com yes. forward slash said phasers. I need your help for, with sartorial advice. Uh, yes. <clears throat> so shall we run down this episode? Let's run it down. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? What just happened? Can you run it down? 
I haven't really thought about <laughs> that song in so long. Uh, just now I was listening to it like, oh, that's me. I get such Nickelodeon vibes from that song. <laughs> I know. Well, some of us watch You Can't Do That on Television too much when we were kids. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so we begin. So last episode, they went to that planet. They discovered the complex hydrocarbons that convey messages that are part of Species 10C's language, maybe. And then they headed off into the search of the hyperfield where Species 10C must be. Uh, Tarka and Book had done a whole thing to get uh, Book's ship onto Zora without Zora noticing. And so we begin this episode with just everyone looking at the, we're right outside the hyperfield. I think they're holding it like 200 kilometers out and they're just looking at this huge thing and a bunch of beautiful shots of everyone's eyes just being like uh what uh really intense uh opening uh they've been sending this message that they made they've been getting no response michael doesn't want to raise the shields but there's been no sign of any change he doesn't want to come off as like aggressive or defensive but they're just trying to communicate uh but nothing's happened thus far michael mentions to the president maybe it's time for the contingency plan Rillick is hesitant uh, but it's going to be 15 hours until Earth and Navarre start to feel the effects of the DMA uh, and that could lead to catastrophe so there is this ticking clock happening the whole time uh, what they've figured out for communicating is they found 16 compounds from the planet these hydrocarbons and they each uh, gives off a different emotion love curiosity peacefulness terror so Samus is loading the hydrocarbons into some dots, and they're going to move Discovery closer, send the dots out to spray these hydrocarbons onto the barrier and see what happens. Uh, and they're working on that. Zora, newest crew member and the ship, uh, is worried uh, because something feels off. And it's obviously the thing that Tarka and Book put into the engineering system so they could hang off the hull without her noticing. She... Uh, senses it. She mentions it to Stamets and Adira, who are both super busy trying to get the dots ready to deploy. And they say, okay, well, maybe we'll get Hugh on it and he can figure out what's going on. Meanwhile, on book ship, Reno, still kidnapped, uh, detained behind some sort of force barrier. Uh, book is feeling pretty torn up about this whole situation. He knows that the 10 are know what it's like to lose a planet, and yet they still made the DMA. And... Uh, Reno is there kind of being cool, says that uh, she needs some uh, licorice. And uh, Book gets her some licorice from the, uh, the what do you call it, replicator and uh, hands it to her through a hole in the field and everything. So they're kind of like, she is kidnapped, but Book is like, it's not kidnapping. And he apologizes to her and everything. Uh, meanwhile, on the ship, let her rip. The dots go to the to the barrier. They shoot out the hydrocarbons. There's a huge energy spike on the hyperfield surface. A, a big bulbous thing reaches out, pulls the dots in, and poof, they are lost from contact. And then another huge spike, even bigger than that one, starts to emanate from the surface. They go to red alert. Do you want to do the red alert thing? Oh, yes. Red alert. They so rarely go to red alert on Discovery. Mm -hmm. Red alert, max warp, turn around, try to run out of there before whatever happens. Doesn't matter. A second giant spike comes out of the hyperfield, grabs Discovery, and pulls it in. And boom, we go to the credits. What an exciting roller coaster of a cold open. 
We come back to find Discovery is enclosed in some sort of membrane of unknown substance. Half of their systems are shut down. They're unable to get out of the hyperfield. Uh, they realize there's like a, a solar system inside. There's three gas giant planets and a sun. Uh, the gas giant planets are identical, like the planet that they discovered outside of the hyperfield. And uh, meanwhile, Ndoye goes away and she speaks with Book, tells him what's going on. Reno is listening in on this conversation. So Reno has an idea of who is, uh, who is betraying who and how much. Uh, Tarka is in Bookship. He's found the DMA's power source on the other side of the hyperfield. He believes he can penetrate and pull it out. Um, uh, Book asks after Michael. Uh, Andoya says she's scared just like everyone else, but she's hiding it better. Uh, Reno uses the licorice she was just given to do something with a combat she has up her sleeve. We don't know what that means, but she literally has something up her sleeve. On Disco, they're being scanned by something. Every millimeter of the bridge is being scanned. The orb they're inside of is keeping things powered down, and Michael is called away to discuss first contact with the delegates. Uh, Stamets talks to Hugh and says, uh, can you look into Zora's issue? And Hugh says, great, we'll play the Trill game and talk and see if we can't get to the bottom of what's going on with you. In the meeting, they're sort of, it's Saru, Tarina, General Ndoye, uh, Dr. Harai, Michael, uh, I think I said everyone who's there. And they're talking about what are we trying to do? What are we inside of? Uh, there's a little bit of tension between Saru and Tarina. I don't know what that's about. Uh, Harai does bring up the, the idea that the Tensi may be waiting for them to convey something that has purpose, not just a disposition, because all they sense so far is like peacefulness, curiosity, but no, no, no message. Uh, Michael proposes some sort of gift giving as a way to do first contact, like some of the boronite particles that they got from the DMA site. Uh, they want to beam the particles onto the orb membrane. Meanwhile, Book and Tarka, Tarka says he has a way out of the orb, but they're going to need help. Uh, Reno asks Book, why would you team up with this guy? Uh, you know, what's the deal? We do learn the origins of uh, the name Cleveland Booker, which has been a mystery mm -hmm. for two seasons. We find out that it's like a name passed down from courier to courier for, for four generations. Uh, it is a name of uh, that is trusted by clients, and thus it was given by the previous Booker to this Booker. So I guess we don't know Book's real name. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, had to write a new song for that. Um, when he's not being a total cat. Uh, we also get Reno's backstory. We only met Reno on the Hiawatha after she had been keeping a bunch of people alive with machines. We learned that Reno's wife died some years ago and looking for purpose, she threw her, she joined up and joined the Hiawatha. And when they crashed, there was an ensign that was horribly burned and was like, just let me go. And Reno was like, I absolutely couldn't do it. It took 11 days for them to die. And she realized that the reason she couldn't let them go is that the ensign's eyes were the same color eyes as her dead wife's. And she suggests to Book that he and Tarka are making dubious decisions because they're in pain when they know that there is a better way. Book says, you're trying to, you're trying to manipulate me. And, and Reno says, hey, doesn't mean I'm wrong. Sits back down. Meanwhile, in the meeting, Ndoye is sort of telling Michael that they've hit a wall and they need to make a hard choice. And Michael has a pretty good quote where she's like, listen, I used to think there was no wall, but being a commander has shown me that there is. And let me tell you what, we ain't at the wall yet. Uh, Zora says there are some changes in the membrane after they do the, the Boronite thing uh, down near the shuttle bay. So the first contact team heads down to the shuttle bay. Something is coming through, perhaps a life form, but we don't see the life form. We just see a big red cloud. And uh, 
Uh, Harai says that he's sensing that the life form has visual centers, uh, sensors, but an unusual brain structure. But the universal translator is not going to be useful, can't be used to communicate with species 10C. It is excreting a mist of those organic molecule clusters, uh, what they're calling supra molecules, so big molecules made of molecules, essentially. And it, it is, I will tell you this because I wrote it down, 25% joy, 22% sadness, 17% peacefulness, 14% irritation, 12% surprise, and 10% fear. And then it sends a complex light pattern twice. Uh, Harai posits that maybe the light is the language and the hydrocarbons, the supermolecules, are uh, a way to convey emotion and context. So they repeat it back to show that they recognize the language uh, and they're trying to they're, they're thinking they can figure out how to speak with these 10C here. And Doye says it's gonna sa- it sounds like it's going to take a long time to come up with something. And remember, we're 15 hours out from Earth and Navarre, you know, getting, you know, bombarded by debris from the DMA. So she walks off. Uh, Book and Tarka are also able to see the lights. Tarka says it doesn't matter. They explain to Ndoye what they need. They need a huge plasma beam to burst out of the nacelle to cut a hole in the membrane, and that will allow them to... Uh, get out of uh, get off of disco and go through the membrane uh, without using any like uh, of their own ships uh, propulsion. Uh, it's going to take a while. They need like 45 minutes or something like that. Uh, Books thinks that this will work, but he says, listen, if diplomacy starts to work, we'll call off the plan. And he sends the override codes for disco to the general. Why does book have the override codes? Zora sends a message uh, to the 10 C uh, uh, the message gets sent back again, the same identical message. It's been sent twice by the 10C, once by Zora. Then the 10C creature goes away. And Harai says, maybe this is something to do with how the Federation seems primitive. He's, he says, it's like comparing a human to a monkey with a rock. Like, there's no way for them to communicate uh, to each other. Uh, but M, M, Michael asks Zora to compare the message to language databases. No known comparison. Harai says it lacks redundancy, but Michael thinks there's a pattern and they need more perspective. So they call down a few people from the bridge, Detmer, Nilsson, and Christopher. Uh, Zora and Hugh are working on Zora's feelings and they find out that there was an anomalous event uh, and it happened sometime when Reno was on the bridge. He calls for Reno, no response. And so Culver says, oh, I'll go find her in engineering, which is where they think she is. Meanwhile, the, the Nilsson makes a comparison to music and Detmer and Christopher helped him figure out that perhaps the hydrocarbons are the structure. Each is a symbol or a word and the molecules are the message. Uh, when they display a, a, a hologram of the super molecule and put the light pattern on top of it in a 3D model, they find out the order in which they should read this clustered Hydrocarbon. It's pretty sweet. I love this. Is a, such a nerdy episode, but I love this kind of thing. Oh, it was so nerdy. So nerdy. Figuring out how language works is just like math stuff. Uh, but they find out that what they they've decoded the molecule. It's a bridge language based on Linkos, which I may have heard of before because there is Meti exists right now. M E T I. It is a language that's sort of like if you have two different cultures that grew up completely apart from each other, but we know that math in a certain sense must be a universal language the idea of like more less than uh, addition subtraction multiplication physics and things like that you can make a language based on that to convey very simple messages back and forth to create a bridge of understanding between cultures so there he says they're reaching back to speak to discovery using a primitive language to help communication happen uh harai says he can build a molecule to beam onto the orb 
with Zora's help. And that works. And Doya has to have a word with Tarina. Saru talks to Michael about the issue with Tarina. And apparently there's a whole thing. Saru doesn't understand the complex emotional landscape of uh, dating. I don't know. Uh, a, a Vulcan. But essentially Michael says, listen, when Vulcans feel strong emotions for someone, they overcompensate in public by becoming highly logical. And that could be what's going on here. And Saru's like, oh, so... So Tarina Digsby is what you're saying. <laughs> All right. Harai uh, sends a message. Four plus five equals nine. On the ship, Book, uh, having heard from Reno, confronts Tarka uh, about this whole situation because Reno has mentioned that she saw Tarka's calculations when he was looking at how they would get out of the thing and pull out the thing. And apparently it's going to kill them all. It will call the, cause the hyperfield to implode. It's going to kill the 10C. It's going to kill Disco and Book. And then there's going to be some sort of dark matter subspace rift that will travel uh, to where the DMA is and destroy Earth and uh, Navarre. So it's Tarka driven by this desire to get to this other universe. Uh, that could be an issue. Book confronts Tarka. It turns out Tarka set up the ship with more defensive things than Book knew about. Duh. So Book tries to fire on him and gets blown around, uh, and it's not a good deal. Uh, the 10C return once they get this new message. They send new molecules. Each of these messages uh, is equations that equal nine, which means that there is some understanding there. An object approaches, enters the shuttle bay. It's a big, globulous metal orb egg, bean-shaped uh, it's coated in hydrocarbon for peacefulness and within a breathable atmosphere. Oh, yeah. And then a door appears on the surface. So uh, Rillick basically is like, listen, we got to go into this thing if we're going to make this diplomacy work. She volunteers to go. She asks Michael and Saru to go with and she invites uh, uh, Tarina and Ndoye to go. Tarina says, I will go to advocate for my people. Ndoye, who has ulterior motives, says she will stay behind. She'll be more useful on the ship. Harai is going to stay there, and if something should happen, he will resume diplomacy. Meanwhile, Tarka on the ship is able to get Book knocked out by Book trying to fire on him, and he throws him into the cell with Reno and takes Book's communicator away from him. Uh, he says, I've had two real friends in my life, and you were one of them. And Reno says, you have a funny way of showing it. Uh, Reno tries to dissuade Tarka, but Tarka really does not care. Uh, before everyone gets on the bean back in Discovery, Michael has to have a private conversation with Saru and basically says like she feels like she's lose, losing control of the situation. It's so frustrating. Uh, Saru's like, hey, man, I learned a thing from Tarka that helps when I feel overwhelmed. Basically, it's screaming. And so they do some scream therapy at each other. Uh, Grudge does not like this at all, uh, but it makes them both feel better. Meanwhile, Culver's still looking for Reno. They find out that her comm badge is hidden in engineering, but she is nowhere to be found. But they do find uh, from also that moment when uh, that badge was placed there that something happened at one of the, uh, you know, the panels. Adira goes to the panel and pulls out the weird thing that Tarka made, and that allows uh, Zora to sense the ship that has been uh, hiding on her hull the whole time. But tis too late because... Uh, uh, oh, I got lost because I got so excited. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, okay, yes, that's happening. Meanwhile, uh, they get on to the, the uh, Michael, Tarina, Rillick, and Saru get onto the bean and they enter through the door and guess where they are? An exact replica of Discovery's bridge. And uh, Saru has a little device that he got from uh, uh, Stamets that allows him to 
you know, communicate via hydrocarbons and light frequencies. Uh, and so they're going to use it inside. Uh, they've lost contact with Discovery. An isolytic weapon appears floating in the room. It's not armed, but they think, oh, maybe it was built from the data of Tarka's bomb with the original DMA. They send molecules and light. They see molecules and light on the screen. They translate as a curiosity, an expression of volume for the DMA. So it's asking a question about the weapon. Uh, so they posit that maybe the ten, species 10C is unaware of the damage the DMA has caused. And so they need to figure out a way to, to explain that to them with the message they have. And Doye calls for Book while this is happening, now that she's got free reign. Book obviously cannot respond because he's without a communicator, trapped in the bubble with Reno. Uh, Tarka sends back a message, essentially gaslighting Indoye, saying, like, we only four hours left. We don't know what happened to the people that got on that beam. They could be dead. The time is now. Indoye uses the uh, override codes, creates the plasma blowback from the thing. This is just as Zora and Hugh and Adira and Samets find out that the ship is attached to the hull. The, the override codes happen. They're not able to stop it from the bridge. And a hole is torn in the, uh, the what do you call it? The bu bubble that they're in? The field? They're the bubble inside the bubble? And, uh, and that is happening. While that's happening, the people on the other tinier, so many bubbles. <laughs> the people on the other tinier bean bubble that the diplomatic crew that went in there that has no contact with Discovery has figured out a way to express, okay, uh, the there is a sadness about the DMA and it causes terror to humans. They have to figure out a way to explain all that, but they're able to do that. They send it back and they get a message back from Species 10C, which is a greater than sign and the sadness of hydrocarbon, meaning they understand, they have empathy, uh, empathy. They, have, they, 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 they are greatly saddened by this situation. So a true breakthrough is happening between uh, the first contact crew and the Species 10C. But as that is happening, um, the, the plasma goes out of the thing. They discover that Reno is gone. Culber thinks someone took someone off the ship. They know it's Tarka and them. They blow a hole into the other larger bubble that Disco is in. And Tarka's ship goes out. And immediately the people on the smaller bean that were communicating are transported back to the bay. They find out uh, that the uh, that book ship has, has vented plasma from the nacelles, burned a hole, and run away. Uh, they get a new message uh, 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 from 10C. Uh, uh, oh, no, they get sent back, and then there's four hours now, apparently. So I guess uh, 11 hours have gone by until Earth gets hit with those those things from the DMA. Tark is flying Book's ship now, free in the hyperfield. Uh, Reno is able to explain that the licorice that she asked for allows her to use this combat that she has up her sleeve to... Uh, to communicate with Disco, but she's not able to get through. And Book's like, because you need my access codes. So they use the access codes, and they're able to communicate with Michael, who's now on Discovery, and basically explains that if Tarka does what he wants to do, it's going to kill everybody, upset everybody. And Reno says, you got to do, you got to stop us, whatever it takes. And that is the end of episode 12, season four, Star Trek Discovery, entitled Species 10C. going to point at my camera. Boom! Ooh. You want to chat about that? Oh, yeah, let's do it. I say, darling, let's do a quick chat about that. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes yeah. let's do My star. So much, so much happened uh, in this episode. Uh, 
But I guess the elephant in the room is, is Tarka about to ruin everything? Yes. <laughs> well, spoiler. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Spoiler, yes. Tark is going to ruin this whole thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, isn't he? I think well, so. I mean, they have the power to, to pull Discovery out of space with a big snot globule. Can they maybe stop Book's little ship before it takes out the DMA controller thing? I don't know. Uh, maybe they don't have power inside the hyperfield like they do when you're really close to the outer surface of it or something. This hyperfield thing. What? I always envisaged... So I think I'm even just getting confused by the name because hyperfield, to me, sounds like something at speed. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure it's a Star Wars thing. Well, hyper usually does mean like... We do think of it as like hyperdrive. Which yes. means like very, very fast drive. But I guess hyper is just uh what's the word I'm looking for? Not an accelerant. It's like a a modifier that means very, very, like Uber. You know? Okay. Very, very field. Very it's a big, 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 super strong field. A bubble around I guess have you heard of Dyson spheres? No. Uh maybe. Just don't think I knew what it was. You probably have, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's something I don't know it exactly, but I know it's like it, it, if you can harness the power of the sun, you can make a, a big like sphere around like, you know, we can make a sphere around the sun and Earth and Mars, like extending out that far. That was totally enclosed with all that power. And I think the hyperfield is essentially that it's a solar system inside of this bubble. So I guess Tensi is protecting themselves from future disasters. But in order to power that, they need all this boronite, which is why they have the DMA, I think. Got it. So do we think that we make contact with species 10C and then we say, hey, you don't need to be frightened. We'll be friends with you. You can let down your hyperfield. Four plus five equals nine. Let's be friends. <laughs> calculus. <laughs> Me plus you equals us. Yeah. Uh, they send the song Calculus what from the early aughts that? to, uh, do you remember that song Calculus? No. I don't remember the exact lyrics. It's like an early aughts pop song. It was like me plus you equals us. That's calculus or me plus you is calculus. I don't know. Something stupid. But obviously it appeals to me. <laughs> calculus is way more complicated than addition, but let's not get into it. Uh, yeah, I hope. I mean, the ending that I want is that, yes, Michael and Rillick come together and they're like, yeah, let's be friends. We just have to Tarka's in pain. And we just, you know, they're like super understanding of Tarka's pain and maybe help him get to another universe. Book is forgive. You know, that would be the ideal thing. I think it's going to be a little messier than that because this is discovery. But how many episodes do we have to resolve it? That's why I'm like, mm, I can see that's how they would do it. We have but one unless they're going to end on a cliffhanger. They end on 14 or is it 13? Oh, I thought it was 13. This is 12, right? This is number 12. 14. There's 14? Well, I don't know. I thought you said there were 14. Time Ooh. to Google it. You can Google that. You can Google that. Did you make a longer one? Because that's the only one I have. I don't recall if I did. I feel like I might have done. Uh, Let me check my files. What is it? You can Google that. You can Google that. Just keeps going. <laughs> you can Google that. Well, you can really hear the 
you can. Uh, so I've discovered in that longer Googling that, uh, <laughs> yes, it's only 13 episodes according to Google. Uh, okay, so I think so we only have one episode left. In that case, surely it's got to right? get resolved. Because well, that's how they did the last season. We have a number of things to resolve. Well, but I mean, season three ended with like a resolution. Uh, season two mm. ended with a resolution that was like, everyone goes into the future. We like didn't know what exactly happens, except that, you know, True. they managed to defeat control. So I'm wondering if uh, they're going to be able to like save Earth and Navarre, but they don't know what happens with Tarka and the controller. And are they headed to another universe now? Does Discovery never get a break? They went 900 years in the future, and now they're going to head into a parallel mirror universe after Tarka? Something crazy like that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't you're know. So you're so relaxed. Is like, sorry, I thought that was rhetorical. I don't know. It is rhetorical. Hey. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen, but <laughs> if it does, maybe we get to see Lorca. That's all I have to say. I really, you know, I'm pulling for Lorca to come back. Just somehow, <laughs> some way. In a oh different universe, Lork is there. Now his eyes are, he can Ugh. see in the dark. I don't know. Uh, yes. Uh, what else did I have in chat here? Uh, Reno to the rescue. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm so glad Reno is on that ship because otherwise Book would just be basically in a thing by himself. So it's it's a good thing Reno was discovered and is so clever. Mm. Uh, Thank God for Jet Reno. Knew not to trust Tarka. So Jet Reno to the rescue, maybe rescue, certainly sort of saving the day for everyone in terms of getting Tarka to turn around. And uh, communication nerdy, my favorite is another thing I wrote. Uh, I love that they had spent so much time. I love that they were like, get me Detmer, <laughs> Nelson and Chris were down here to just stand in a circle and be like, music is awesome. It just felt great for me. <laughs> I had a great, that was my, I would watch that sequence over and over again. Ah, yes, music conveys emotion, but also has a structure and time. I had, that was my, I just loved it. What was the movie from a few years ago? That was a big deal. I can't remember the title of it. I get confused with Interstellar and Contact, but basically it was about, communicating with like an encephalopod species that wrote weird messages what was it called not translate i did not watch that oh come on who was in it i can't remember a single thing i want to say julianne Moore, but i don't think that's right uh interesting jessica chastain one wasn't that a mars thing no mind you there was no there was no communication in that one yeah this was about someone who is like a communications specialist I'll never remember the title. I don't know who's in it or how to communicate. Uh, linguist science fiction movie. Is this the dumbest thing I've ever Googled? <laughs> science fiction movies for linguists. Arrival. Wow. First hit. Google, oh, you're wow. good. You remember Arrival? Uh, it's Amy Adams. Oh, yes. So you're just being, 2016. You're mixing up your redheads. Is there a word for that? I totally was mixing up my <laughs> Absolutely. Um, anyway, that whole movie is about community. I just, I, this is like my fantasy is a, sh- a TV show where the adventure is figuring out math, math, math problems. <laughs> no swashbuckling, no betrayal, uh, no kissing, uh, no stabbing bad guys, just a bunch of people standing around talking about how great music is and if they can communicate with this unknown species. Anyway, I also like the other stuff, I guess. Uh, that was cool. And my final thing, Saru and Tarina sitting in a tree. They didn't kiss, but I'm hoping they will. 
Oh, right, right, right. Yes, of course. I was like, what did I, hang on, did I miss something? Well, no, just that the, well, I didn't mention it in detail, but once Michael explains to Saru the whole thing about how Vulcans overcompensate with logic, and then he goes to talk to, yeah, she goes, I don't know how to go into it with people that I care about. And Saru's like, oh, <laughs> what? And then they get interrupted by someone like, here's that thing you asked for. And Saru's like, <clears throat> okay, better get on this uh, orb. Anyway, sitting in a tree. Meditating, M-E-D-I-T-A-T-I-N-G. Yes, Rue and Tarina sitting in a tree. M-E-D-I-T-I-T-A-N-G. <laughs> I'm not a good speller. Uh, <laughs> that's all I got uh, for chat stuff. Uh, shall we move on? Yes. Yes. Quotable moments. Quotable moments. I have a few. Mm. They weren't like major crazy quotes in this one uh but uh i said that it's like comparing a monkey with a rock to a human that her eyes says uh saru when michael says she's super worried and about losing control says i have also struggled with a feeling a lack of control yet it is something with which we must make peace it's a timely for the world we live in today and uh the moment the saru and tarina sitting in a tree saru comes over to tarina and says hey uh, you know, I know we're all, what's up, you know, uh, nothing to, I don't think we have anything to be afraid of, you know what I mean? And Tarina says, I wish I could say the same. I must admit, I am not certain how to step into danger with one for whom I have such personal fondness. Which is like, for a Vulcan, that's like. I dig it. You up, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I dig your vibes. Can I say that? I dig your vibes. Yeah, I can say that. Yeah. Uh, one thing I really did like, which obviously I've talked about how much I like the communication stuff in this, when they're like, they get the message on the little, little bubble and they're trying to figure out how to convey that the DMA is scary to us. They say, you know, they're like, we have to figure out a way to say the volume for the DMA is scary to us and they're not aware. So we need to tell them how it's, how it's terrifying to us. And Michael says, okay, figure out how to say that with math. That's pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. I don't think I have any other big uh, quotes. Am I missing something? I've had two real friends in my life. Poor oh, Tarka. Yes. I know. And then book. And then Jet Reno with her Jets jobs. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Jets jobs. <laughs> wow, really strong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can tell the sound effects that I've created versus the mm-hmm. ones that you created. <laughs> yeah, well, yours have yours sound like they would be in an action film. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, <clears throat> uh, when Tarka said that and Jet said, well, you've got a funny way of showing it. Mm. Jet, yeah. so incisive. And insightful. <sighs> Hello. Incisive mm-hmm. and insightful. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jet Reno is that. And I like that we got some of that. Uh, this is why am I chatting? But I like the backstory that we got from Jet, uh, which was interesting. Should have put that in the chat in the jet to the rescue uh, that they were married uh, and are like lost a partner and you know so now we understand Jet's sort of cool headed uh, unflappable rack to Gino drinking lifestyle indeed indeed is there any uh, is there any news no there is no news it's okay <laughs> 
then let's move on to next time. Let's do next time on set phasers. Hey, next time, according to the Google I just did, we'll be talking about the season four finale of Discovery. We could be wrong, but I think I'm right. And uh, gosh, we don't know how they're going to wrap this up, but I hope everyone lives. Uh, But thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. We're so happy to have you as listeners. I'm overcome with emotion. You can find us wherever you get podcasts. We put out new episodes. We try to put out new episodes every Monday, but one of us has a crazy schedule. Uh, But we will try to stay abreast of Star Trek Discovery. That person is not me. It's not Stevie. So there's your clue. Say it's not figure out how to say that with math. And uh, uh, yes, and we're super excited to start running down Picard. Excuse me. Picard. <laughs> I got so excited I burped. Oh, I just died. Let me take that again. Bless you. Good Lord. I was so oh, excited. We're leaving that in. That's not getting edited. Picard burp. Yes. Well, I'm super excited to get back to it. I can't even make that up. Oh, boy. That was weird. That was like one of those involuntary nerd things that happens. Uh, Yes. Uh, Other things? (laughs) Should I take over for you? (laughs) Please. Uh, You can, of course, join join us on social social media. Uh, We are Set Phasers Podcast and Set Phasers on Instagram and Facebook, respectively. Please join our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Set Phasers. For the month of March, we are doing all tiers for as little as $3 a month. So you can just get a taste of what we do. See if you dig it. Stay with us if you do. And, you know, bugger off if you don't. I'm just kidding. Please stay with us. Uh, Setphasers.com. That's not it. Podcast, that's not it either. Patreon.com forward slash set phasers. I wish I could burp on command because then I could do it again, but I can't. Uh, yes. Uh, never forget, we are also on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Meme Game Strong. It's all Stevie. Oh, did you? Yeah. I was dancing I too hard. So you got in the Patreon and, this, and our social media. That's everything. Was, yeah. Oops. Sorry. Well, Oops. Um, you're going to think of something mathy to say, and um. I, I will say that until next time, I am Stevie Manns. Oh, and I have also struggled when I feel a lack of control, yet it is something we must make peace with. And this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Computer. End program. Mm-hmm.